Bibles to Matthew 13. I want to say once again what a privilege and an honor it is to be with you. Hallelujah. As soon as I You know, there's somewhat of a saying that when you lose something, you finally find out what you had when you lost it. And, uh, God has so designed this thing that it's really impossible not to be saved if you really want it. I mean, you can seemingly blow it, throw your life to the wind, take all your inheritance from the house, find yourself in a hog's pen, but as long as you can get up, get on back over to the Father's house. It's very difficult not to be saved if you want to. The reason I said all that was if some of you have ever visited some of these other churches, you find out they don't got what this one's got. This one's, this one's like a spark plug. It's got a wire hooked up to a 460. I've been in some of them that ain't, they got the spark plug, but they ain't got an engine. I've been in some of them that got an engine with no oil. I got some of them that's like a 1939 Edsel with no engine, no spark plug, and no wheels. Everybody's trying, out there trying to push the thing. This one's got its wheels on the deck. This one's got the man behind the wheel. This one's got an engine with a full tank of gas. All you need is some direction. And you can tear up Jack. Pick up Jill and tear up Jack. Take Jill to church. Get her prayed through and she'll go back and win Jack. Turn that devil into a saint. Matthew chapter 13. And I got to admit to you, the ministry's been a little bit different the last couple nights. We're just doing what we can do to follow God. I may not see the 40 and 50 they're going to pray through before the end of the year. I've gone some places and preached, and right after I leave to have revival, I'm saying, now what's going on, God? It's just that the Lord has to use some men to come in and prepare, some to water, some to plant. But God gives the increase. We all get to rejoice. I don't have to be the one that sees it as long as I'm somewhere in there, man. I just want to be on board somewhere. Hallelujah. If i got to put the air in the tires, man, just let me on board somewhere. I had to do nothing but run a vacuum in the house of the Lord. Just, God, let me be on board. 
Don't you ever think that the person that cleans this church is the bottom of the line. Friend of mine, in the halls of heaven, his name is etched somewhere. Someone that cleans the house of the Lord. <laughs> we got this thing all backwards. Oh, I don't want to go over and clean that church, man. I want to go play pinball or something. You're goofy. He knew what this thing represented, friend. <clears throat> Enough to put us all on our face. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Matthew 13, begin reading in verse number 18. The Lord Jesus speaking here. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now you can do yourself a big favor if you can understand that that don't have to be in church. That can be anywhere. Because the Holy Ghost can speak to you anywhere. You can tell somebody, hey, you should have heard what God told me. Well, before that, the devil even didn't even know about it. But now you're going to have to fight with tooth and claw to keep what you, God gave you. And I was... I still have a propensity to do it. I think it's a flaw of mine. But I was one of these kind of guys so excited about what the Lord was doing in my life. I'd tell everybody everything I knew problem was, devil was one of them guys listening. And I was wondering, man, all hell's breaking loose. You know what the problem was? Come out of my own mouth. Half the stuff we fight is our own doing. Verse number 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and then with joy receiveth it. Some people might think, well, you know, he received it one night, and by the end of the service, you know, it was all over because he had stuff. No, that ain't what the Bible's saying. The seed was sown among the stones, and with joy he received it. Yet hath he not root in himself but dureth for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Now that's not necessarily talking about people trying to hang him upside down, like they did Peter. That's talking about anything that you have to give up in this world because of the word. Or anything you have to stand for because of the word. We've all made mistakes and blown it in our own little way, so don't act so perfect tonight. Hey, when you open up this book, man, we all got to hide for the, run for the whole of humility. He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becomes unfruitful. He didn't start out unfruitful. He became unfruitful. 
But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Book of Malachi, which is the last book in the Old Testament. Draw your attention to chapter 2. Hallelujah. Good spirit of worship in this church. Hallelujah. Malachi chapter 2, begin reading in verse number 1. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, and if you will not lay it to heart, and to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings, yea, and I have cursed them already, because you do not lay it to heart. The message I'm to preach to you tonight, the curse of becoming deaf. The curse of becoming deaf. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the spirit of worship that's ushered us to this point. God, you're a mighty God. You're a holy God. You're a great God. You seek to save that which is lost. You seek to, in many different ways, you seek the one that left the 99. You seek the lost coins. You seek the prodigal to bring him to himself. Father, we ask that as the word goes forth, that every heart, every mind, I pray, God, for the power of introspection and conviction tonight in the Holy Ghost. And I bind every opposing spirit, unbelief, doubt, fear, lust, false religion. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we bind it with chains that cannot be broken, and we command it to leave this place, loose this people, leave this place, we ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. The curse of becoming deaf. this portion of scripture that I read in your hearing tonight we have the Lord giving his disciples a inner look and explanation at the parable of the sower and the sea the portion that I read in your hearing is not what the general public heard it was only for the disciples. 
the inner core of the followers, the quote-unquote followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those that were the multitudes and the throngs that followed him that day heard this version. Behold, the sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some hundred, some thirty, some thirtyfold, thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now that's what the multitude, that's the version that the multitude's got. You see, there's some people that are following the Lord Jesus that ain't going to get the whole story. They ain't going to get what Jesus was really meaning to say. Oh, Jesus does love the lost. And Mother Teresa, I appreciate your efforts. But the love of God is a lot deeper and a lot more powerful than the philanthropy and the effort of Roman Catholicism. So there's some people that are going to be followers and just get a little bit of the word. And then there's going to be some disciples that find out the true meaning. And this is what the disciples got to hear. The Lord said, hear ye, therefore, the parable of the sower. The Lord Jesus started it out with the most important aspect of His whole ministry. Hear ye! When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then comes the wicked one and catches it away which was sown in his heart. That's not what the multitude got to hear. The word here was not in the version that the Lord gave the multitudes. But that's the key word. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not. Because you see, even if you don't understand it, you're going to lose it. The whole criteria of being attacked by the enemy is the fact that you heard it. Don't have nothing to do with the fact of whether you can consummate it into your theological program. And so, through a process, this is the guy that was by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and with joy receives it, yet has he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. Every individual in this room, every individual in this city, every individual in this quote-unquote 
Bible Belt, every individual in America that has heard the gospel falls into one of these four categories. And I'm going to even get it wider than that. Everybody in the entire world that's heard anything, anything about the Lord Jesus falls into one of these four places. So if you're wondering where you're at tonight and what category you fit into, you're in one of these four categories. I don't care if you're Pope. I don't care if you're the General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church. I don't care if you're Brother Mayo. I don't care who you are. You're in one of these four categories. Every one of these had some similarities. They all heard the word despite their conditions. Of course, the soil is typified of the condition of the human heart. Now, we don't hear a lot about heart ministries. But I'm going to tell you what, the heart's the most important thing you've got outside of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost belongs to God, but your heart belongs to you, and the condition of it is important, because what comes out of that is the issues of life. They all heard despite the conditions of the soil. The first guy had no understanding. That didn't matter. The devil jumped on him anyway. The devil jumps on everybody that hears any portion of the Word of God. It doesn't matter if they're apostolic or not. We've got a greater responsibility because we not only have the Word, we've got the Spirit. When all the world thinks we're just the wackos over on the other side of town that bites everybody's heads off, that's not the port that Jesus Christ wants us to show them. We're supposed to have more love, but greater truth. Not sloppy grace, but truth given with the restrictions of the good word of God. Hallelujah. The guy that received it in stony places had no root in himself. He had no confidence. He had not been changed enough by the Word to understand really who he was and what this was all about. And as soon as something came up for the Word's sake, whether it was to show up here at 7 a.m. for prayer or pay tithes, or it could be something rather simplistic. It doesn't have to be anything real hardcore like going through a theological study program. It could be anything for the Word's sake. Long Men don't wear long hair. Some people can't handle that. Some people can't even handle uh, 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 paying ties. Whatever! There was also seed that was tossed among thorny soil and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches 
uh, eventually checked out, choked out the word. But it was a process. The individual received the word, and it took a while, and the bad uh, roots actually in time overcame the good roots. But he was in church while this whole process was going on. And then there's the fourth bunch that received the word. They had understanding. They brought forth fruit. The fourth group is the only group in here that is told that they had understanding. All of them got the seed. All of them had a time element for that seed to germinate and then another process take place. But this is not the version that the public got. This is the version that the disciples got. Hallelujah. There is a unique relationship between hearing and the heart. That's what the whole concept and context of this parable is about. It's not the Word. The Word's the same. It's not the goodness of God. It's not the fruit that takes place. It's the basis of the heart. And it's the condition of the human heart that either brings destruction, defeat, or fruit. That's the only element that's variable in this scripture. And yet all human beings that have heard the word of God are in one of these four categories. Don't you condemn somebody that's only heard a little bit of the gospel just because they ain't apostolic. The devil's on their back. Don't you condemn somebody that you might end up winning down the road. You're supposed to show them love. The devil's on their back. It don't matter that they don't understand baptism in Jesus' name. Your love and your testimony that brings forth fruit will bring them to the deeper realms it's not that they're wacko and can't see that God's got more for them there's a devil somewhere all they have to do is hear Jesus loves you and the devil's on their back he'll live according to all he's heard he'll go to bed thinking Jesus loves me he'll wake up thinking Jesus loves me and the devil will be saying no he don't no he don't because the devil don't need anything except you to hear the word of God and that already pushes his go button we've thought for years well doctrine they're just a bunch of wackos baloney they're human beings that he paid for that he wants to put his spirit in and it's up to us to be a tool to reach the human race we're not the judge well you won't preach long around here boy. no don't misinterpret that your pastors love this man of god but what I'm saying is there's some old schools of thought that are slowly but surely beginning to erode because we're having to get more real with the lost world crying out for the gospel. They don't want some sugar-coated little wrapped humanistic deal where we're a cookie cutter. They want a living, breathing Savior that's reality, that loves them, that's got compassion, that is real. There's a unique relationship between hearing and the heart. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Hallelujah. They're just waiting for a preacher. Hallelujah. You cannot be saved without a preacher. You cannot make it without a preacher. There's some people that drift out in some charismatic hogwash that think I can just worship at home. Baloney. Hogwash. You need a preacher. You need a man of God that can break the word of God down. You need a man of God that can give you right from wrong and feel out and judge your soul when you need it. But some become offended for the word's sake. You must have a preacher. Hallelujah. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You must have a man of God. You must hear the word of God to have faith. Every man's got a measure of faith. And it's the word of God and the Holy Ghost unction on a man that inspires and motivates and gets the mechanics of his faith going. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. Romans 14 and 32 says, Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Hallelujah. You get a lot of people that will fall out. They'll fall out into sin and end up in another church. They're wackos. You want to know what the Bible says about that? Hallelujah. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having ears, they'll show up in other churches, they'll show up in another ministry somewhere, and all because of lust, they'll find someone that'll pat them on the back, that ain't a preacher, hallelujah, that's going less, that's not getting more truth, that's not sound doctrine, that's settling for less, that's the opposite of what the church is here to do. The church is not to take less when we fail. The church is to admit our failures, get blood on them, and go on with the doctrine we've received. The Bible says they shall heed to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Why? Because when they leave this, they have to go to something that'll patty cake over them. They have to leave something that'll wash over their little situation. I thank God for the truth. I thank God for a preacher. I thank God for men that preach the truth and don't bend their backs, but get this thing straight as a saw log and live it and preach it and teach it. Hallelujah. You can't be saved without one of them kind. You hear about all these people that fall out and end up across town in some charismatic deal. That thing will never made right because there's a broken relationship there. And we're given the ministry of reconciliation. He's to be reconciled to his original position, his original placement. Hallelujah. Without that, he's drifting around out there. Whoever it may be and whoever pats him on the back is their teacher seeking itching ears. Telling them what they want to hear. Telling them whatever they'll say. Because of lust. lust it will not endure sound doctrine throughout 
the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Emphasized over and over again that he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. The Lord was not only speaking of the immediate receptivity of his teaching on those occasions, but he was speaking of the audible range of the ear in the heart, of the ability of the human heart to receive and to have that mechanism of faith in operation that way down deep inside you're receiving what he's saying to you you're getting what this man's telling you you're picking up on a wavelength that's not in the physical realm hallelujah that's why jesus said he that has ears to hear let him hear let's put our hands together for the king Hallelujah. Ezekiel 3 and 10 said, The words of the Lord speaking, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak unto you, thee receive in thine heart and hear with thine ears. There's no way that your heart can pick up something unless it first enters into your ear. And I'm not talking about these things on the side of your head. I'm talking about the ears of understanding in the human heart. Luke chapter 8 and verse 18 says, Take heed therefore how you hear, for whosoever has, to him shall be given. And whosoever has not, from him shall be taken, even that which he seems to have. You ever wondered about that? That's talking about faith. If you ain't got no faith, you're going to lose what you got. If you've got faith and you're using up everything the Lord's given you, He's going to end up giving you more because He found a channel of faith. Hallelujah. When you've got no faith, you're going to lose even what you think you've got. You must be productive according to what you've heard. Are you going to lose what you have? To whom as much is given, there's much required. Hallelujah. That's why we that have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Ghost. We have the mandate to move through this world with power and authority. Not in fear because we look different. Not in fear because we sound a little different. But by authority and power and being the intermediary between a God and a lost world. I don't care what the Catholics say. I don't care what the have to say give me a chance and i'll love you to death give me a chance and i'll show you i can go beyond because of the love of god that constraineth me not to whom much is given much is required not bible studies not so you can preach the longest or the loudest but the love Hereby we perceive the love of God is in you. Because as he laid down his life, we laid down our life for who? The brethren! That's a hard pill to swallow. But that's exactly how we're to show the love of God to his body. James says, let every man be swift to hear. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving your own selves. That word deceiving means to reckon wrongly, to reason falsely, to deceive, false reasoning. 
I don't need that. He ain't preaching to me tonight. That must be for somebody behind me because I sure don't need it. I got to get out here in another hour. I got to get up at five in the morning. I got to hurry and get out of here. You're going to make a big mistake, friend. You're going to do what everybody else has done before us. We need to be different. There's a different breed of cats out there that are dying. They're sitting on bar stools going, please, there's got to be somebody out there that'll love me despite my flaws. There's somebody in a hospital bed that says, surely there's someone that knows a God that can resurrect me up off this thing. There's somebody somewhere in some fornicating relationship that says, there's got to be a God that'll forgive me. How did you get in here? How did I get in here? Something has happened to our hearts. What? What happens to our hearts after we gladly receive the word? How come it doesn't produce more fruit? I've heard some Christians say, well, I'm a fruit inspector. No, you ain't. Nobody put wings on your back to judge everybody else. He said, by your fruits, you know them. That ain't make you an inspector. It'll just automatically be there. Some people like to eat their own fruit. Pride. Oh, look how good I am. Look how much I love everybody. You know why the fruit's there? It's for the world to taste. It's for the world to taste. We are living, walking trees of life in which they can pick the fruit of our lives and say, there's something divine there. There's something that I haven't seen in this world in that guy's personality. There's something in that guy's life that I've never seen before. There's a compassion there. I've never felt from anybody, not even my parents. There's a love there that I've never seen in any other church in town. Who's got the love of God shed abroad in their hearts through the Holy Ghost? The problem is we get hard. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7, the Bible says, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost says, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as in the day of provocation. The day of provocation was when God brought Israel right up to the borders of the promised land. And they didn't believe they could take the promised land. There's enemies out there. Giants. Well, they're bigger than us. We grasshoppers in their sight. God said, that's enough. They've tempted me this ten times. I'm going to tell you what, I don't know what your perception of the world is, but God's already given it to us. God's already given it to us. We just got to go out and get it. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some motivation. It's going to take you putting, putting some things aside and going out and saying, there's people out there just like me, had no hope, no chance, no love, no opportunity. And God, I'm going to go out and find someone that was at least like me. Hallelujah! Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is yet called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. 
The deceitfulness of sin is the process that takes place in a human heart when there's something wrong. He said, today, your heart can be hardened in one day. One time somebody does you wrong. If you don't reciprocate with forgiveness and love, you're wide open to get a hard heart. In one day, you can go down the wrong road to having a hard heart. That's why we come in and hear great preaching, have great moods of God, but we don't have the fruit like we should. We ought to have fruit that's just overabundant, where it's just bumping into each other. But we don't because our hearts are hard. God's trying to reach many people in this, in this church. I was not even prepared to preach this message. But there's many people that need to hear what the Spirit's trying to say. The Bible goes on to say, While it is said today, if you will hear His voice. Whose voice? The Holy Ghost. Not through this ear, but in here. But if your heart is hard, your ears are cut off. You can't hear from God. You can't produce fruit. You can't do what God's trying to move you to do. Let us therefore fear lest the promise being less being left as up, uh, up to us to enter into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as them, speaking of the nation of Israel that, that re- got an evil report. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Down in your heart because it got hard. It doesn't operate with faith when you hear it. It goes in one side and out the other. And Monday to Monday, it just becomes mundane to mundane because you don't receive it and nothing goes and there's no prospering, there's no deeper walk. curse of becoming deaf. Deuteronomy 28.15 Don't turn there, please. Because you'll spend more time getting there than already be in this. But it shall come to pass if thou will will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe all to do His commandments and His statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. That word hearken is an interesting word. It's in the Hebrew. Now when they wrote the Hebrew, the Septuagint, they only had like 12 syllables to work with. And so one syllable can mean a whole bunch of stuff. But this particular word right here, hearken, means hear, listen, and obey. You not only get it, you respond. We got a bunch of getters, but no responders. I'm not preaching to be mean. I'm not preaching to have anybody in particular. Because God hits me with this before it ever gets to you. Because the man's got to be the partaker of the first fruits. 
but I made up my mind a long time ago, God, I've got to be progressing. I've got to be reaching. I've got to be doing everything I can. Cursed shall thou be in the city. Cursed shall thou be in the field. Cursed shall thou be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shall thou be when thou comest in and cursed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke and all that thou settest thine hand unto, and for to do until thou be destroyed and until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings whereby thou hast forsaken me. Now what did God do to, to Israel when they were up against in the day of provocation? Because there was ten spies that had an evil report. And everybody measured themselves among themselves and said, well, whatever they say, we're going to do. And a whole generation, if we went on a death march tonight, every single one of us in, in total type to the people that perished would be goners except for these little kids. Every one of us would drop and our bones would bleach because we brought an evil report against the congregation. The only ones that would see the promised land would be your kids because they wasn't old enough to have the power of choice in their life. That's why I don't listen to too many people uh, when people say, well, we can't do this. You know, we just don't do it that way. And we, can, we just can't reach them like that. And, and I don't believe this group of people can be saved. And, and if you're this color, well, you got to sit in the back. And, and I don't even believe that people... Hogwash! You'll never have apostolic revival! Get out of the way and let somebody that's off the street that wants to see somebody talking tongues have their time! We're not in this thing for ecclesiastical put-on. Jesus came to die to reach every one of them. And I'm one of them. And they deserve a chance to hear it and to see it and to taste it. There's about 40 verses of cursings. I won't bore us with them. But he goes on to say, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest, hearkenest, hearkenest means hear and obey, not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded thee, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness, and with gladness of heart, for the abundance of all things. It was laborious. There's complaining. There's murmuring. Oh, man, i got to go to church. Oh, i got to go through this again. Oh, there's no joy. There's no fresh air of the Holy Ghost in your life because your heart is hard and it doesn't produce fruit. The voice of the Lord that the writer of Hebrews is talking about is called the voice of the Holy Ghost. And God does speak to His people. One man in the Old Testament said it was a small, still voice. 
if you don't pray, you'll never hear it. Or if you do hear it, you'll wonder. You'll be wondering if it was really God. Faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I've heard some men say that word, word in that in that verse right there is not logos. It's rima. And that's the word that God speaks to you in your closet of prayer when you're down in the dumps and everything looks black and bleak and it's supposed to get you from point A to point B. It's the creative word. It creates faith. But if you don't pray and you don't seek God and you don't understand why you're in the mess you're in and you don't seek God for more direction, He can't talk to you. John 16, 13 says this, When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Acts 2, 38 is just one truth. It ain't all the truth. The Holy Ghost will lead you into all truth. When you get it, you get an aspect of truth. And as you live for God, above reproach, time after time and again, and bear more fruit, you get all truth. Hello? Well, I don't believe that. I believe when I, when I obey Acts 2 through 8, I got all the truth. Baloney! Whoever brought that in is a heretic. We need to get rid of that doctrine. We're, we're, we're more privileged to have seen that and received the Holy Ghost. But that puts a greater mandate on you and I. It's a danger in having more and doing less. To them, they have no excuse. They don't have anything. But to you and I, the curse will be upon us. God will give revival to another group. God will give revival to somebody else that will lengthen their cords and put back the flap of their tent. If you don't want it, God will say, I'll give it to somebody else. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself. When you get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost don't sit there and just talk away and talk away and talk away and talk away. Jesus has given us how this Holy Ghost operates. You can talk with God, but there's a conversation on the other side. And it's way down in here. See, the devil communicates with you up here. But God goes from the inside out. And Jesus don't come unless he's invited. The devil just storm troops in because he's a liar, a robber, and a thief. Kicks down the door, binds you because you're the strong man. And then takes up residence and does whatever he wants to do. Jesus don't operate that way. He's a gentleman. That conversation that you have inside here, the Holy Ghost was given to override that. I'm going to give you a revelation. I think it is. Maybe it's just the components of information. <laughs> 
I told my pastor that. I said, well, I wouldn't label this a revelation, but I think it might just be of the linking together of knowledge and information. When Adam and Eve sinned, the devil said, now look, he said, you surely won't die. That was a lie, right? That was a direct lie. God said, you're surely going to die. The devil said, you won't die. That was a lie. But he said, you're going to know the difference between good and evil. Your eyes will be opened and you shall be as gods. Were their eyes opened? Yes, their eyes were open. They saw that they were naked. Did they know the difference between good and evil? Yes, they had known good. Now they know evil. Did they become as gods? Can I give you something to just consider? Now, I'm not talking big G. There's some Swami Bogdavis that think they're big G gods and they get knocked off and act out there like Nebuchadnezzar growing hair like eagle's feathers and claws till God can pick them back up. Man became an autonomous creation when he sinned. Autonomous means you can make your own choices for yourself. You don't need God no more. That made him a God. The criteria for man's relationship was the word of God before they sinned. Don't do this. You can have everything. Just don't do that. Okay, that's simple enough. The whole guide, the whole criteria was, I know this is deep, but you need this. You don't understand why the Holy Ghost is operating the way it is. He's trying to override your inner talk, which will drive you the wrong way. Because you see, the new age God is the God of conscience. They say, listen to the voice in you. God's already in you. That's the voice of conscience. It's the voice of man's God when he fell. That's why the Holy Ghost had to get on the inside to lead and guide into all truth. All these new age wackos. God's already in you. You're one with the universe. Listen to your inner voice. That's the voice of conscience. That's why they said, well, I've committed adultery. I don't feel too bad. Walking by your feelings. Well, I'll watch that TV. Ain't nobody looking. I won't feel too bad. I've done it before. Genesis chapter 6, because man followed his conscience. Three chapters later, because man's heart was exceedingly wicked, and he followed and listened to the voice of conscience, God brought Noah's flood and said, I'm wiping out the whole bunch that's repented me that I've even created man. And the New Testament says the first time by water, but the second time it's coming by fire. And that's the same type that God used of Noah's flood because man's heart will follow after his own heartbeat, the voice of conscience, and it'll get so wicked that God will have to destroy it by fire. All that stuff was free. Was free. You theologians buy the tape and dissect it. You want one more truth? Because, man, I like telling this. The way I can prove that that is partially true, if it's not all true, how many people know about dispensational truth? What was the first dispensation? Innocence. What was the second one? Conscience. A conscience is formed 
first in the family, do's, don'ts, right, wrongs, punishments. I'm going to spank you. That's how they first learned conscience. And then in society, what was the very next dispensation? Family. Third one was human government. Fourth one was law. Law was the external law, so man's conscience could be overridden by the Mosaic law. But the blood in the tabernacle could cleanse all things except conscience. But Jesus, being a more perfect high priest, went in and sprinkled our evil conscience with blood that we could serve the living God, being purged of dead works. Now that's all free. Y'all, let's get back on the road here. John chapter 16, he says, what's the Holy Ghost that's in you? This is what he does. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and will show you things to come. He was God in the eternal, magnificent scope of salvation, knew in order to get him right with me eternally, I had to get inside of him. I had to override that wicked, deceitful heart. So God just don't chatter away. No, God waits till your heart says something, then He checks you, and you'll know if it's true or not. But the heart responds to situations, external situations, internal situations. And the heart becomes stiff. Don't close me out because some of you in this room are in this ball of wax I'm talking right now. You're hard. You're hard. There's no fruit. You're hard as a rock. You're dry. I'm not accusing you. I'm trying to help. God sent me here to preach this way to help us because He wants to bring revival. You guys are hungry. You guys are thirsty for apostolic revival. But you got to get ready for the wackos He wants to bring in here. That's why you can, some churches can have a hundred people revive them. There's only five left. Their retention value can only hold five. God wants a hundredfold. But we have to have understanding as we hear. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 7 says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. Now believe it or not, there are people in our midst that will actually tell God, No. No, not, not tonight, God. You get somebody else. You put your hand in front of Holy Ghost conviction enough time. I need some of you to listen, because you're the ones I'm preaching to. You tell God, well, God, not tonight. I can't do it tonight. i got to get going. Or, God, I can't do it. You say no to Holy Ghost conviction. God will back off. He is findable. But you've got to come to your senses and go looking for Him. And then you'll be restored to fellowship. But only after you seek Him and repent for resisting the Holy Ghost.
constant resisting against the Holy Ghost just causes more hardness and dryness. One more scripture and I'm done. I'd much rather preach like we did on Monday or Tuesday or whatever. But this is just the way it is. We're in the age of Laodicea, right? Under the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou art cold or hot, so because thou art lukewarm. Now be honest. You don't have to get up and, 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 and confess this. Are you sick and tired of being hard? Are you sick and tired of being lukewarm? So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You ain't spewed out yet because you're still here. God's giving you a chance. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. What voice were they listening to? Wasn't listening to the Holy Ghost. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. And anoint thy eyes that thou with eyesalve that thou mayest see. Every single thing he said there takes effort. Hearken. Hear and obey. But there's people that will still hear this. And because your heart is hard and your neck is stiff and you're callous and you don't really think you can do anything for God, there's just too much against you. You're like they that harden their hearts in the day of provocation and you won't enter into rest because of unbelief. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Really? I thought I had the Holy Ghost. No, He's on the outside. You may have got the Holy Ghost one time, but He's on the outside right now. No, Brother May, we're just talking talking about the church in general. Really? If any man hear my voice. If any man hear my voice. What is stopping you from hearing tonight? You'll leave, you'll go out, and you'll come back tomorrow night the same way. What is stopping you from hearing? You don't really hear. It's just in and out. 
What is stopping us from hearing? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. If any man hear my voice and open the door, that of course is speaking about the heart. I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. The Laodicean church is the only church that had the promise to sit in the throne. And here's my last scripture and I'm done. Musicians, will you please come? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says under the churches. say, well, God didn't tell me that in my spirit. No. He's on the outside. You see, Jesus was on the outside of your heart knocking against the door. Oh, but I've got the Holy Ghost. He's supposed to talk to me. Uh-uh. He's coming from the outside trying to get back in. Oh, well, I just got my job and I've got my little position and, and this is what I do. I'm going to fit in somewhere in this big, big deal. My pastor, Nathaniel Wilson, preached a message that we may, we may even miss, miss the end time revival if we don't wake up. Because there's groups out there that are doing more to win the world than we are. But they ain't got the Holy Ghost. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Baloney! Jehovah Witnesses pick up their briefcase and beat the pavement every day. Mormons put on the, push their bikes, and they have more going on than any of us. Oh, they must be doing more. No, they aren't doing more. They're just more motivated. He that has an ear, let the, let the church hear what the Spirit is saying. problem with an individual that has a hard heart. Now we've been hitting all kinds of stuff since I've been back this time. Bitterness, hardness. The problem we have is if anybody comes forward, everybody looks and goes, uh-huh, finally got yours. That ain't the way it's supposed to be. That's the kind of thing that the world doesn't want. They've got everybody else out there doing that to them. When they come in here, they want to see compassion. I'm not accusing us. I'm just putting our finger, my finger on the problem. We've all got this problem. You're my brothers and my sisters. I'm one of you. But the Spirit is saying something to the church. Hallelujah. Wake out of sleep. It's high time to have revival. And if we don't want it, God will give it to somebody else. You say, oh, no, he won't. Wasn't Azusa Street poured out on a bunch of Trinitarians?
Didn't the Holy Ghost fall in Topeka, Kansas, on some Baptists? Methodists. He also fell in Texas on some people. I don't know what they were. Mixed nuts, bolts. Well, they don't have the apostolic truth. It don't matter if they've got one little word. The Holy Ghost wants to lead them into what we've got. But if we won't use what we've got, it'll even be taken from us and given to somebody else. Well, I just don't believe it. We'll be here. Baloney. You don't believe the word of God. Elder and I were driving around today. He said this church could easily support a church of 500 in this city. I'm going to tell you what, this, this city could easily hold a church that's got 5,000. But we can only we can only work with something at a slow rate so that we make the adjustment. God knows that. God's not going to just pour everything on us and say, now handle it. We'd have a mess on our hands. Read the book of Corinthians. They had a church of over 100,000 people. Ephesus had 80,000. But both those books are just so fraught with love one another. I'm just a small fish in a big pond. If I don't want you, the shark will get me. <laughs> I was talking to one preacher. He said, I told him where I was. Wasn't here. I love this place. Don't worry about that. This place is like home, man. This guy's my brother. Hallelujah. I told a preacher I went somewhere. He said, man, that's an evangelist graveyard. You better get out of there. Why? Because not everybody wants to hear what the Spirit's trying to say to the churches. They don't want to be moved. They don't want to move out of their little position and out of their little cubby hole. But God's got a lost world that He died for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to do something a little different tonight. It's extremely dangerous to hear a message like this and still do nothing. So we want to do something a little different. the problem that people have is they become acclimated. They become adjusted to their situation. They live like that for years. They think, well, and then they get a certain age. I've always believed that the elderly could reach the elderly. We'd have a great revival. Let the young kids reach the young kids. 
let me reach all the middle-aged wackos. You reach the old people. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? Everybody just reach everybody? I mean, this little guy got the Holy Ghost. Can he tell his, his elementary friends, man, I got something you ain't. Man, you ought to come to my church and see what I got a hold of. Come, can't some dear elderly sister that's in a, uh, maybe in a, an old folks home, I'm sorry if I don't have all the language right, start sharing with maybe someone that shares a room with her or something. Hey, you ought to come to my church, man. We ought to move with God. Hallelujah. What, what team are you on? The blue team? Okay, the reds. Trying to public service announcement in the middle of my message. I don't want to lose the, 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 the ferocity of this message that was preached. But I want to tell some of you something. We have got such a backwards... I'm not talking... I'm talking about everywhere. It's not just here. God's just looking for some people that will step out and say, Use me. I don't care what everybody else is doing. They that measure themselves among themselves are not wise. Let's do it a little differently. We're here. God's obviously powerful in this place. We've seen Him move. We've seen power. We've seen healings. We've seen the Holy Ghost move. Let's just get Him in here. Let's just go in and rake Him in. I want the music to stop for a minute, please. I want every head bowed and every eye closed, please. I'm sorry for talking so much because the conviction was moving in here and I started talking and it started backing off. You started getting silly. I'm going to tell you what, there's some people that you need to hit this altar tonight. God has been reaching for you in this revival. The reason we haven't had any visitors is God's trying to do some house cleaning. So when he finally brings them in, it's not just a trickle, it's a gully washer. But if they got spirits jumping on, on them off of another saint, then they're right back out on the street. Some old hard-hearted, stiff-necked saint that won't get with the program becomes a breeding ground for the fowls. And I'm not here to point fingers at anybody. We're all in this family together, but when God starts bringing in young women or young men, and all they do is have their eyes on God, and there's some conspicuous saint that can't get their life in order to drag them out. My God, it's time to clean house! 
will never see revival. They're hurting. God wants to bring them somewhere. But if they can't come to a place where they'll be cleaned up and filled and taken care of and protected. And you say, well, we can't do all that. Yeah, but God can. God's working on us because he wants great revival. This church has the potential to have revival. Great revival. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you have let God pass over you one too many times. Tonight's your night. This altar is open to you. We're not here to chide you. We're not here to put you down. We're going to do quite the opposite. We're going to weep and pray. Now hold it. Hold it. I appreciate these are coming, but I... I want the hardcores to have their chance. We're going to wait... God says, don't wait any longer. I appreciate these, these, these guys have hit the altar every single night. They're trying, to, they're trying to do, man, what God's wanting them to do, man. They're hearkening. Hallelujah. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's just silently pray. Let's not pray for ourselves. Let's pray for whoever it is that God's reaching for. Hallelujah. God, I want to be a player in the end time. I want to be all I'm supposed to be, God. I want you to sup with me. I want to sup with you. I want fellowship with you. There's nothing more rich than that fellowship with Him. We've learned to fill our hearts with worldly cares of this life. Stones from past experiences, offenses. You're wrestling with yourself right now, friend. You ought to just come. You ought to just come and just give it to God. Say, God, I'm giving it to you tonight. Work on me. He 
Respond tonight, friend. We need to respond tonight. You don't have to worry about what's the preacher going to think and what's everybody going to think. You're just responding to the Word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, lead me to somebody in my world. Somebody. Anybody. It don't matter if they're in a wheelchair. It don't matter if they've got an arm missing. It don't matter if half their head's gone. Lead me to somebody. Some of you that are praying in the back, you need to be up here. The Holy Ghost is moving in this place. Deep, deep move of God is going to move in this place and touch our heart, cleanse us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Father, your spirit, sanctify each and every one of these in Jesus' name. I'm going to tell you, the women of this church got a burden. I've heard them pray. I heard them praying yesterday, man. They were bringing down the power of God. I was in my trailer. The prayers of these women have been keeping this revival going in some, some aspects. Hallelujah. We've got some intercessors in the house. Hallelujah. No music, please. beautiful thing I've heard all night. Keep people meeting with their God. Desiring to get right and to have a move of God. There's nothing more precious. Nothing more needful. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
God, bind us together as one. Bind us together as one, O oh God. Bind us together as one, O oh God. Bind us together as one, O oh God. Hallelujah. Make us one, Lord. Make us one, God, as you are one. Hallelujah. God, I want to break out of my shell. I want to get my eyes off myself. We're living in the age of self-consciousness. I want to be God-conscious. I want to be God-conscious. I want to be conscious of what you're doing, God. Oh, 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 God. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I want to be soul conscious. I want to be conscious of my world, God.
God, hallelujah. The reason why some of us don't want to pray any longer is our hearts are hard. We need God to move the stones out, pull up the weeds, have a deep time with God. The reason why we don't pray any longer, friend, is because your heart is hard. God wants to do a work in your heart tonight.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's a move of God in this place. 